0: Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the Restoration. So here we are continuing our conversation with the author, full name, so you can find the book, John Christopher Thomas, author of A Pentecostal Reads, The Book of Mormon. Um, I know you go by Chris, so that's what we're going to call you today. Um, This book uh, is a fantastic book. If you haven't seen our previous two videos, uh, please take a look at them, because especially the first video where we talk about a lot of the detail of the book itself. So if you're really, really into the Book of Mormon and you like to really get down in the weeds, that's a great episode to start with. And um, so I encourage you to start with the first episode and work your way up to this one. But if you want to just stick with us on this one, this is where it's going to be interesting because Christopher and I basically are uh, very unique in what we're doing now, of course, you're doing it from a scholar, scholarly background. And I'm just a lay person who just has a real interest in all things Mormonism, restoration, LDS, and all that. And as a result, for some whatever strange reason, I just get into this stuff and fell in love with this book. And he was the very first book that I reviewed on my new little YouTube channel, Mormon Book Reviews. And it's been an adventure because this channel is about a, a little over a month old. And I have to say that I I was completely caught off guard by the reception that I received. Um, First, I started interacting with um, some conservative Mormons in the fall, just a little bit chat here and there. And they shared with me some things that were really cool. And then I started talking to Community of Christ, and also some of the restoration branches of the groups. They were the ones that broke off from the RLDS slash Community of Christ when they felt they were going in a liberal direction. So I actually had some conversations with members of those groups as well. And what struck me um, almost immediately was when I started interacting, um, they embraced me in a way that I did not anticipate. And you and I have discussed this in the past together and you seem to have encountered this as well. And let's start with like, how the heck does this Pentecostal theologian get asked to be, and I'll, and forgive me if I butcher this. You can correct it, uh, the, the president of the Gentile president of the <laughs> Book of Mormon Studies Association. Did I get it right? OK, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. How did that happen, Chris?
1: Oh, goodness. Well, um, you know, when I, when I started on the journey, I'd looked at doing a graduate-level reading course on the book. BYU wasn't quite up, set up to handle that, but Community of Christ Seminary was. And uh, Community of Christ was, I mean, they were really hospitable. Uh, I mentioned in one of the previous uh, interviews we've done that I'd spent a week there. The last day of my week, uh, Dell Luffman had arranged for the archives to be kind of opened up to me, and um, I was able to examine the printer's manuscript, which is the more complete of the manuscripts from which the Book of Mormon 1830 edition was, was a typeset. And uh, that uh, was, is quite, um, quite an, an honor to, to be able to do that. In fact, I had people say, how did you get in? And, and I mentioned Dale. And they said, oh, well, because Dale was an apostle or had been a, a former apostle by that point. Anyway, um, just a really nice reception there. I went out to Utah Valley University for a Society for Mormon philosophy and theology um, session. My first foray, I I read a paper on some of my structural stuff on the book. And I thought, well, I could get one of two responses. One could be, we all know, we know all that or uh, no response at all. You know, what are you doing out here? uh, telling us about our book. And, and yet there were some real, you know, some real nice connections made and, and, um, actually had a chat with a woman who had done a master's degree at, um, Vanguard University, which is an, an Assemblies of God school. Um, she's LDS. She had wanted to go to Fuller, I think, and despite the fact that Rich Mile, the, uh, <clears throat> the um, president or provost of the, of the seminary, was heavily involved with the with, uh, LDS dialogue, apparently she was not admitted uh, because she was LDS. And she told me of how someone in her library, I forget, I think she was at UC, maybe Riverside, I can't remember now. Anyway, how that somebody at the university library said, "Well, you should check with Vanguard." Well, it's, it turns out she had worked with some of some of the people I knew really well, and she had told me at this presentation that uh, that my paper was the best paper she heard the whole time there. So you know that was very nice to hear. Somebody had arranged for me to go over to BYU. I'd never been on campus. I got a tour. Met with a few scholars there um in an initial way and then um the guy at um there was a guy who was the director of the willis center for book of mormon studies at the maxwell institute brian hoglid brian um and i he arranged for me to be able to come out and i think we kind of if i could get there um that the 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 center would find me a place to stay and that sort of thing. So I was I was well received. Um, the reception, I knew I knew of a lot of individuals. and so whenever I went out to the the Maxwell Institute, I arranged to to see these folk, to talk through some issues because when you're in Tennessee, there's not a whole lot of Book of Mormon. Um, scholarship and the libraries are pretty limited in fact i may have um, one of the best book of mormon libraries in the state of tennessee how about about east of the mississippi well well, i don't know about that uh uh, but maybe oh yeah um uh yeah independence would be west wouldn't it so so maybe i don't know um so uh, maybe made a a number of friendships at the Maxwell Institute. It tends to fall largely along generational lines. Uh, Younger scholars uh, are quite interested in the engagement. Uh, Some of the older scholars have not been. um, And it's not that, you know, there's been much animosity there. It's just Uh, Some people are interested in what an outsider, how an outsider reads their sacred text and and some aren't as interested. I've been able to go up to and do a couple, two or three seminars at the Church History Library in in Salt Lake, uh, which was quite quite an exceptional uh, event. Um, I'd gained access to the original manuscript while I was there. Uh, which again is, you know, limited access. And I was very grateful for um, the, you know, just really great, great experiences. Uh, As an outsider, you're not necessarily limited in who you can talk to. Um, There are no, there are no uh, kind of lists of people who are forbidden uh, and sometimes in certain ecclesial communities, uh, there are these written and unwritten rules about who's out of bounds and who's safe to talk to. Um, and so there's a fair amount of freedom there in terms of engagement. I mean, I'm, I'm friends with, um, with Lachlan Mackay, who's an apostle in Community of Christ, and, have had the pleasure of having a meal with uh, Marlon Jensen, who is a, um, a, one of the uh, a, a, one of the General Authority Emeritus, who had a, a real crucial role in the Joseph Smith Papers project getting launched. Um, I've had sometimes tell people I've had dinner with Dan Peterson and with Sandra Tanner, though though not together, uh, though that would be a, a, an interesting uh, dinner. I've had conversation with John Welsh and Ed Wonderly, people kind of in very different ways. I think all of that comes from, um, in biblical studies, there's nobody that's off limits. Um, I read everybody if I'm working on a particular text, regardless of their affiliation or whether they're a theist or not. And so for me, that's kind of, how it's done. I think when outsiders show interest in the Book of Mormon, and they are respectful, um, respect doesn't mean uncritical, but it means respectful, uh, that they tend to be very affirmed by that. And so that's all been, that's all been um, really really enjoyable. There have been people who have opened lots of doors for me. Um, I'm not smart enough to pull all that off. Uh, of course, I think that, that the Lord's had something to do with that. Um, just trying to to make sure I'm not missing something. It's not my tradition. What I know about the Book of Mormon pretty much is in this book. Uh, there's not a room I'm in with other people, especially LDS folk that I probably don't know the least about the Book of Mormon uh, in the room. Uh, so you know, I, one thing kind of leads to another. There was a a seminar that some funding was granted for a Seerstone seminar. Apparently, there was money left over, and they decided to have a Book of Mormon studies seminar. I went to the first one. They, it was a very successful meeting, mainly an academic meeting. Uh, It wasn't designed to draw huge crowds, but almost a workshop-ish feel to it. Probably, you know, usually 50, 60 scholars. And it was hosted at Utah State University. Um, The desire was to have an academic group that sort of spanned the uh, different traditions in the Restoration and beyond. And I think one of the reasons why I was uh, put forward to serve as the inaugural president uh, was because I was an outsider. And I think the optics of that um, is, you know, this isn't just um another in-house conversation going on and of course there's plenty of reason to have in-house conversations and so uh you know i felt personally that it was something i was was supposed to do if that arose that opportunity i didn't you know canvas for it but um so uh, in, in the end, that's, that's what happened. Um, I was put forward as the president, and we had two vice presidents. Uh, and um, we've worked very, very, very well together. Uh, and it's, uh, we met last, this will be our fourth meeting this autumn. We met last year virtually because of uh, the pandemic. And it was it, it was a really fine meeting. I mean it, it it came off almost seamlessly. So I think it's a you know I kidded the group that being uh, you know a, a a a minority, a an old white gentile minority group played in my favor. And uh, the, the, the truth is that I've made a lot of really good friends, I mean, close friends, uh, in my work. And uh, I remember one day I was at one of these meetings and there were like, at that particular meeting, there were like two Gentiles there. And the other person pointed that out to me. And I remember thinking, oh, is that, I guess that's right, isn't it? Because I by that point, Had uh, been so well received at the Maxwell Institute and other places that I was, um, you know, I I wasn't conscious of of that. Uh, I've been asked to, you know, lecture at BYU. I've been invited out to Claremont Graduate University to speak and to a couple of the 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 uh, Eccles. Uh, kind of uh, uh, conversations out there, uh, Utah State uh, recently was, uh, last year I think was, I was asked to go up there uh, and and give a a talk about my work, so yeah, about every time I think it's played out, you know, something else happens, so.
0: Yeah, you know, I guess that kind of leads me to you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the book and the scholarship and the intellectual aspect. But, you know, the thing that really struck me was originally when I wanted to do this channel, I literally thought, okay, you know, I'm going to review this, these books in my collection. And I really thought of it as being a secular endeavor. You know, just I'm just going to talk about the books. It never crossed my mind that the spiritual aspect in retrospect, it should have, but at the time, I was completely caught off guard by it, because once you get on the other end of the phone with somebody, or you're, you're conversing with them and chatting with them, and you recognize that, <clears throat> you know, we're dealing with believers here. I mean, these are people who um, faith plays such a major role in their lives, and and, and then once you realize that, it, it completely, uh, my the course of this channel went in a completely different direction. Because I realized that, you know, the reason why people go to church, the reason why people, (laughs) they're not going to be spiritually fed, right? So I I realized quite early on, I thought, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to keep the spiritual from entering into this. And um, I guess that's, you know, you're a Pentecostal. You don't let the spirit, I mean, you let the, you're used to letting the spirit intrude, right? (laughs) Into things and, and be directed by the spirit you know, and just, and and operate with it, with the gifts of the Spirit. I guess I just want to ask, you know, just, just from a personal level, um, what has that meant to you, and and how has that affected you and your faith?
1: Well, that's a good, good question, Steve. Um, I think conversations are important, and I don't think you can really have a conversation if you're not willing to hear people. A lot of people in these, this age are very comfortable talking, but not listening. Right. And I've had conversations with people that I knew when I was talking, they weren't listening to me. They were thinking about what they were going to say next. Right. So, uh, and conversations, take you into one another's lives, right? You, you aren't any longer dealing with stick figures your, or caricatures. You're dealing with individuals who are living and breathing, and, and in this case, people of faith. Uh, now, nobody's going to confuse Mormons and Pentecostals um, and both groups have tended to think the same things about one another, right? Uh, there are huge differences between uh, the LDS church and and Pentecostalism. For one thing, we're not nearly as correlated as I remind my friends about that. But I, you know, what what you what you find, are people who have, have similar kinds of concerns, uh, people who have similar kinds of struggles. And I think going into this without an agenda, if, if such is possible, um, means that your expectations let me speak for myself, that my expectations were not preconceived. What I wanted to do, you know, the books I write tend to be books that that I want to know the answer to, right? That, I, that I'm writing for myself. And if somebody else wants to read them, that's, that's nice. But I'm really trying to, to sort through things. And I would have been quite happy for somebody else to have written the book I wrote, and I would have read it and I wouldn't have written a book. Um, so, I mean, I, I had hopes that people for whom the book functions as scripture, uh, that's a mouthful, but I, I, I'd say it that way because I'm not excluding anybody from that group, right? Not the Church of Jesus Christ, not the community mm-hmm. of Christ, not anybody else. I wanted them to see in this a good faith effort, to hear their text and to engage in a constructive way with it. Right. It, it was not, it was not because of my lack of interest in what has been written for the most part. It was not one of those, uh, I'm going to prove you wrong kind of things. And I think the way our communities have been set up uh, and the, and the shared suspicions of one another. I just think when people actually talk to one another, they can move off the talking points and they can have honest kind of conversations. And, and when you get into those honest conversations, um, you know, what you find out is that, I mean, like with my friend, Brian, Brian and I discovered that we were born about twelve hours apart from one another, and we'd never met till we were both like sixty, right? Or, or, and um, you know, you you um, you develop friendships, uh, you understand people better. I think when you engage another religious tradition it makes you um, a more informed and critical in the positive sense of that word uh, person about your own tradition uh, and your own experience. I mean, I felt the Lord's direction to take on the project and to do various things, but I haven't ever had the sense of knowing where it wound up, right? And, uh, and that's, that's all right. I mean, I remember when I tell my LDS friends about feeling the spirit lead me to write this book, they get that look in their eye, like Aslan is on the move, right? <laughs> and my Pentecostal friends say, God told you what? Uh, and so that's, that's okay. I mean, when I started the project, I went to see my, my president at the seminary and, and uh, our, our presiding bishop and said, look, I'm going to, Be involved in some research that might be a bit controversial and uh, i just wanted you to know what was coming because i didn't want them to get blindsided and they were both really they were both really blessed the project and what i was up to so you know i i've been it's been a great ride you know i mean it could end tomorrow right but it's been a great ride and i've made a lot of friends and I've gotten lots and lots of questions about Pentecostalism. You know, and, and
0: that, that reminds me, I think people need to know that it was your church's uh, press that published this book. Well, so, it
1: was our, our research center's uh, press, yeah. Right,
0: but I mean, it's affiliated with your church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that should let everybody know that, you know, that's, that's, that's not insignificant. That,
1: well, I think that that's right. I mean, I think that... It, <laughs> You know, the the problem with publishing a book like this is if you went to an evangelical publisher, they'd want you to drop out the Pentecostal stuff and be more critical uh, in a negative way about the LDS tradition. If you publish with um, an LDS press, um, they might want certain things toned down uh, it felt to me, like, and I had an offer to, to do that, uh, but I, I felt like it would be more straightforward to do this in this way, and it would be the project that I'd envisioned.
0: It makes sense, makes sense. So, you know, <laughs> um, I've, I've become fast friends with uh, Rick Bennett, you know, of Gospel Tangents, and I, I have a feeling that down the road i I can see you going on there um i just remember when i first saw the interview um, with you and john delin i went to my mom and i said this guy should be on on rick bennett's this is a this is a rick bennett guest you know in other words it, it felt more like a rick bennett guest but i have to say that um that interview you did with john especially the third episode now i found fascinating the second episode where you were you are kind of in in your own little way, kind of defending the Book of Mormon a little bit to John, you know, John was kind of doing what John DeLynn does. And you're like, hold on a second here, actually, you know, there's something interesting or I got a little nugget out of here, you know, different, even like a a favorite uh, verse that you like. Um, And, you know, in other words, you saw some value in the text. And I found that was interesting. But then we go to the third episode where I feel like this, that's what really struck me. And I rewatched that third episode a couple of weeks ago before we started talking. And, you know, as a Christian, uh, and it's somebody from a charismatic movement, which is, we don't need to get into the details, but it's very similar in, in many ways to the Pentecostal movement. I say, when I say you felt the spirit, you know, I mean, there's probably a Mormon understanding of that but, as well, but it's like I could feel the spirit in that room, in that interview, I felt like church was going on and it touched me and I, I just, without getting into too many details and stuff like that, but just, you know, your relation, it it just seemed like you had a precious time with John DeLynn who seems like a remarkable man. He's a controversial man. I know some of the, you know, uh, believing Mormons may not think too highly of him, but you know, we're outsiders. So we, we, we see things through a different lens, you know, um, that was a powerful, that third episode was very powerful, Chris, and and, and whatever you're comfortable kind of talking about, I'd like for you just to share
1: a little bit about that. Well, um, yeah. Well, the back, the backstory is I'd met John a year or two before uh, for breakfast, and a mutual friend of ours had arranged and we, uh, we had a great, a great conversation. Um, we, we then, I, I forget how it went exactly, but I, I've been in touch and said, I'm going to be in town for X number of days. And the day I was getting ready to, to leave the next day, uh, I was up in the Salt Lake area and I, we, we met for lunch and he was like, well, when am I going to get to interview you? And I unless you've gone off the idea. And I said, well, no, I, I haven't gone off, but I, I, I had written to say, you know, these would be the best days, etc. He said, oh, so I've dropped the ball. I said, well, I'm not saying that. He said, well, what about in an hour's time? <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I, I like talking to John, um, I, I like talking to John whether the cameras rolling or not as you can tell I'm not necessarily someone who is um, is comfortable with social media I don't have I'm not on Facebook I don't have my my daughters have threatened to create a fan page but I've, I've been able to avoid that so far so I mean for me it was um, I've watched a lot of Mormon stories, learned a lot of stuff about Mormon stories and being an outsider, you know, um, I don't operate in the, the, the friend of my enemy is my enemy kind of deal. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, John obviously is a great interviewer. Uh, he, he asks great questions. Uh, He, he lives his life um, in the open, um, which is, I mean, I'm not capable of doing what he's done in that regard. And I think with, with John, my own relationship with John has been uh, on, on both of our parts, I think, a a real um, attempt at transparency and honesty and I, you know, I felt like um, if we had a conversation, it was because we needed to have a conversation, you know, and um, and so, yeah, I appreciate you saying what you said. Uh, I've gotten some good feedback from people saying similar things. Uh, you know, there, there's, it's, It's, um, I felt like the third hour of the interview or the third part of the interview, I think it was about four hours. um, It was a significant moment for us. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate your assessment of it. I mean, I certainly... Felt that, uh, but, um, and, and I've had others write to say that's what they experienced as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, 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 that's part of you don't have a lot of pressure if you're doing what you believe the Lord wants you to do. And you're happy to leave it all in the Lord's hands. And that's, that's part of what I think is happening in my, my own journey in this, in this area. Um, you know, there, yeah. So, so that's kind of how I would reflect on that, Steve.
0: Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed that interview, and you know, it, it gave me a dimension of John too, you know. And and I, I was a little, maybe a little critical of John in my first interview, um, Rick and I. But you know, I think I did well. I think I think I, I was able to communicate to him, you know, where my heart was on that. Uh, so yeah, it's just a fascinating. Uh, that's how I met you. You know, was that was it through that um, watching those and getting to know? So I already knew you well you know i remember when i first met you and i said when i first saw you on that screen talking to john DeLynn i said i've been to pentecostal churches i've been to assemblies of god i've been even been to one of those pentecostal churches and every one of them has a chris thomas in them that smile that laugh everything about you i said that i've worshipped with you i've been to church with you many many times <laughs> and so that's what i saw that came out of that and um you know so this you know this, this has been a wonderful thing, I think, for both of us because it, it is really, really unique because, you know, I did the exact same thing. I said, no matter what I'm doing, the, the most important thing is I'm coming about this with no agenda. that is literally the thought that was in my mind as well, no agenda whatsoever. And that's just how I operated. And in other words, I don't have an end game. I don't have like this grand scheme of what I want to do or try to aha, I'm going to now convert you or whatever. I have absolutely no interest in doing that kind of thing. Like what we talked the other day, you know, evangelicals and Mormons, evangelicals have been trying the same thing for the last 200 years. And where did it get us? It's gotten us nowhere. You know, just it, it, the engagement, there has to be something, you know, when I, when I start engaging these people and realize that there's something going on here and we're missing it. And we need to just realize that, you know, we all through, see through a glass darkly. And so it's really hard to be black and white about stuff when you see through a glass darkly. And sometimes in those margins, and like you said, in those tensions there, that's where faith can play a major role. See, a lot of people think that faith is about staying away from things. Faith can also, should actually mean about engaging the world. You know, that's what the idea was, to go out and engage the world. That's part of what the Great Commission was all about was not staying home and staying in church and just came, staying within your own little group, but to be a worldly person in that context that you're actually going out to the world and engaging it. And so I think there's going to be, I know there are people out there, You know, I've been very, very careful about not letting a whole lot of people know what I'm doing because I know I will get a lot of flack from, from evangelicals about what I'm doing. But let me just tell you, folks, you know, when you're operating in the spirit, and I hate to talk this way because I don't want to seem arrogant, but when you're operating in the spirit, it's kind of like, you know, you know, when you're up, op- you just know that you, that what you're doing is is within, it, you're, you're operating in it, and you know it, and when you know it, then it, the doors open, and, you know, God can shut these doors, God, six months from now, this may be all over, and I may not be doing it anymore, I'm completely content with that, again, no agenda and so i just i've learned a lot you know i've learned a lot from our restorationist friends and i know that you have as well i don't mean to be going on a tangent here but i just thought i wanted to as we're wrapping this up i just wanted to kind of give some context and put a put a bow on it here and christopher i just wanted to say uh, it's been a real honor and privilege to be able to have you as my not only as my first book review which you said you were humbled. I remember getting this beautiful email from you that you said you're so humbled that you, and you even said, you know, you got the book, you got it. And that was a very high compliment because it literally was the first book that I ever reviewed. <laughs> and to get such a high, high, high uh, to get high praise like that from you really means a lot. But I just want to say that, you know, I'm honored and humbled that you're my first author guest. And I want to thank you and tell you how much I appreciate that, brother. I guess if you just have any parting words that you wanna share with me or in the audience, uh, go ahead.
1: Well, um, yeah, I am honored by it, Steve. And, and I think your own kind of um, sense of identity and, and, and call and all of this is really commendable. I think it just says that if people like us find a reception amongst people that are not our people, that it has something to do with our attitude, right? And it works both ways. Um, And I, I didn't know if there'd be anybody interested in talking with me when I started this journey, but, you know, was just delighted to find so many folk who are interested and how the doors just seem to keep opening for engagement Um, and I think that in your kind of venture you know sometimes what you stumble into is a bit like parenting I sometimes tell people in our parish the problem of being a parent is some of the best work you ever do in your life nobody will ever know about and that's all right you know this is not about um huge popularity stuff this is about doing doing what you you feel you're supposed to be doing and um so you know i'm i'm very happy to be uh on your your podcast and especially um to uh to be the first book author on the podcast I think people, I don't know of any authors who are not vain enough to go on somebody's podcast to talk about your book, right? Yeah, and 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 you are a you know you're a, a careful reader, and I think that's a compliment to uh, to authors uh, that uh, you you've really spent time on that, and so thank you very much. I'm uh, I look forward to even, even greater things than 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 our conversation and uh, would encourage you along that along that route. So thanks so much, Steve. I appreciate it, my friend.
0: Well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, my friend, you're my friend too. And I just wanna to say to my, everybody out there, you know, when we first had our conversation, you know, um, I asked you if you would be willing to play, not only be a friend and a mentor in some ways, but also play a pastoral role mm-hmm. and you agreed to do it. And you also prayed over me at the end of our conversation and so i just want you all to know that you know i do have i do have people uh, sort of, i have a past a past a person fulfilling a pastoral role for a season i guess we could say <laughs> that's going to help me in this endeavor as well chris and i are in communication quite a bit and we exchange notes and and everything and so i just want to say that it's been a really honor and and humbling to have you as a guest Chris, I think I've got, I think we, we got this book covered pretty good. I think you feel like I gave it a fair, we, 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 we got into the weeds here, dude. So that's, that's what this is all about guys. So if you're an author and you're interested, I mean, like, you know, you're going to deal with a guy who actually read your book or took the time to, you know, really get into it and I'm going to be respectful. And I, all I want to do is have a conversation with you, get to know you. And that's what it's all about. And let's just take this fantastic journey together. So, like and subscribe. I'm going to put the link to that third interview uh, from Mormon Stories in, in the bottom of the description of this, of course, with the book. So, everybody, you have yourself a great day, and we'll see you soon.